Purified Tuesday. Yeah, I like that. I'm glad we're sticking with that one. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, this is Nope, I'm Scared. Hi, I'm Alexa. I'm Ella. Um, we talk yeah. about all kinds of spooky things. Yeah, here. everything. Yeah. Um, this, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I know we'll banter, but I'll just yeah. get into, like, uh, obviously, this week, because you've seen the title, we're gonna be talking about part one of um, the Manson Manson Family Murders. murders. Because um, it's too much to fit into a single episode. Oh, it's a lot. But also, because we did it now because it happened 51 years ago this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know it was this past weekend. I just yeah. it was this month. 8th through the 10th. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really... Hey, we're recording on the 10th, I mean. I know, it was really weird to be researching this stuff, at, like, on the days that they would have been dying. <laughs> Like, originally, I was listening to my Halloween playlist when I was researching, and I thought that was solid, too macabre to be listening to, (laughs) so then I switched it to my I'm in a weird mood playlist. Love that playlist. And that also felt macabre, because I was reading about, like, and then they were murdered, and I was like, the mail time! So I I don't know what to do. It's very mm-hmm. on brand for me that yeah. I went from a Halloween playlist to Too just much. a weird mood right. playlist. SpongeBob, you know the whole Blues the whole Clues, thing. Hannah Montana, everything. <laughs> Throwbacks. You so know. it's very me, but I don't know what would be an accurate right. What pod, would be the best accurate music yeah. selection for researching gory details? You Maybe know. silence. <laughs> <laughs> I just get too in a weird headspace, though, just sitting in silence. I mean, for a bit, I actually did just, I got into a groove, and I was just doing things quietly, and mm-hmm. then Josh woke up from his nap, Yep. and then I needed to put headphones on. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, jumping right into this. I don't really have, like, a ton to report on this week, I guess, like... Yeah, shout out to Emma Pringle on Instagram, because she sent us the nicest review. Yeah, well, it wasn't a review, but she did check in with us after she listened to the Slenderman episode, Mm -hmm. and that was real fun to talk to her for a little bit. Yeah, because it was like, the first time I was like, oh shit, people actually listen to us. Oh my god. Well, I did find out that she knows Josh, so she, like, um, heard about us through my fiancé, but it's still great to, like, hear it, and then we've been you know, wanting to talk to you guys, so getting to a space where people are starting to feel comfortable enough to do that is really fun. If you DM us, we'll try and respond. Yeah, or if you could Gmail us. Yeah, email us, Respond as well. Yes, with your personal stories or just whatever you want to tell us. Yeah, yeah, because we want to eventually get to a place where we can do, like, listener listener stories, Mm -hmm. whether it's hometown murders or ghost stories or... Whatever you want. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so this, this episode actually, like, our podcast topics are in, like, a various amount of categories. Yeah. So while this is true crime, we're actually, like, it was put in our Tales of L.A. because we are from L.A. LA. Mm -hmm. So this is, like, we have, like, a whole bunch of things that are under this category, and... 
He would. You were just saying like you didn't know that much about the Manson murders. I don't know a whole lot about. I feel them. like it's what it is. I feel like it's just one of those cases that because like we live here, like we've heard about it, so yeah. we're like, oh yeah, I know. We know about that. Like, we don't need to learn more. <laughs> it's like how. Um, it's like how when people come down here and they're like, oh my god, there's a celebrity over there. You're like, yeah, yeah. that happens all the time. <laughs> Especially considering, like, specifically where we live, it happens a bit more. Like, it doesn't happen to me anymore now because I now live in Long Beach. Yeah. But Pasadena and the surrounding area is a very heavily filmed part of L.A. County. Mm-hmm. So there's... You're, people all the time. And we're very immersed in... Just the whole film yeah. industry. You hit, like, Glendale, Burbank, downtown. Yeah, it's everywhere. You watch a lot of... If you watch anything, you can probably find somewhere that you know. Because yeah. it's... Because <laughs> even though it's supposed to be in, like, New York or Pennsylvania, it's actually just South Pasadena, yeah. California. Because we have a very small town look. There's one coffee shop called Caldi's that everyone films at. Yeah, it's a very you're big... Spotted, you're like, I know this! It's the, um, if you've, anyone has watched The Politician, it's that. Or Lady Bird. Yeah, it's the same coffee shop, but you get different angles of it. It's in a car commercial along with the library. It is the exterior of the coffee shop for Love, Victor. It's also the side view for Lady Bird. Like, it's on the, Mm -hmm. like, they only look at the side facing the library. But I think in The Politician, they actually go in. Yeah. Either way, it's in everything. Yeah. There's always people over here. So, I knew... A good amount of this case before I started well, I into it. I also never saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. See, I did. So. I actually mentioned a little bit of it in there just because there was like a rumor and I didn't know if it came from Once Upon a Time mm-hmm. in Hollywood or if it was talked about before then and that's why he put it in there. But I really wasn't able to like figure out yeah. enough. This case is so funny in that, like, if you go to different websites and or books, like, they will say things that are similar but still different. Mm-hmm. Like, weapons change depending on which site oh, you're that's reading. Oh, so weird. So, I went with things that I had heard already from other places. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, let us know. I'm very yeah. nervous to do this case because... You know, any true crime person has heard and learned enough about this case to be like, that's wrong! <laughs> and so, You got this. You got this. Um, I was, yeah, very... Plus, I'm a storyteller, so I kept moving my notes around to try and figure <laughs> out how to best tell the story and where I wanted to start and then what I wanted to be in part one versus part two and... So that was yeah. a lot of the time itself, just moving everything around Trying multiple times. Trying to figure times. out the best way to, like, play it out. Because I've heard, you know, I've heard various people talk about this, mm-hmm. so I've seen, like, I even went back to listen to Morbid, which is a another fantastic podcast. Love them. I love They're them so to great. death. But they actually covered this one also pretty early in theirs. It's, like, number six they or seven. They covered a lot of the things I want to talk about already. I know. It's just about pacing them out and finding new ways to tell, yeah. tell the story. Because whoever tells them it's going to be different per person. like. Yeah. But so I went back and I listened to them talk about it. Um, and they covered things differently than I would, too. Like, and I will. Like, I'm going to cover things differently. But mm-hmm. if you want another perspective, go listen to them. They're amazing. I love them to death. Yeah. Um... And then, 
Oh, and then Ashley was over the other day, and we were talking about it, and she's like, you said he wasn't a serial killer, and I was like, because he's not. And she's like, yes, he is. I'm like, no, no. No, he's not. <laughs> Just listen to the episode before that. <laughs> like, and then, and then I think the day after she came over, I went on to, I think, the Morbid Facebook group, and there was someone talking, it was like a like a comic strip when it was like mm-hmm. someone pushing somebody in a wheelchair and it was like oh you like serial killers too and then the person in the wheelchair says yeah Manson's my favorite and then they <laughs> throw the person out <laughs> and so everyone was talking about like how this was something that was so relevant and I was like I literally just had an <laughs> argument about this with my best friend <laughs> but um so yeah yeah let's jump into this thing so, okay. okay, how I decided to tell the story was that I really wanted part one to kind of just be a, like a reenactment of all of the things as they happened. Okay. Like, and I wanted it to, part one specifically, to be very focused on the victims because I think it is very easy to just tell the story and get into the craziness of the family and then kind of skip over the yeah. people that lost their lives this way. All right. Um, so I had to do a lot of research because some, like, I was reading, I read Helter Skelter, which is a book that everyone should read. It's super dense. I am still going through it, which is why we're only doing part one right now. Um, and then I went onto, like, a Times website and so many others. And then Wikipedia, too, to, like, because Wikipedia was the one where I found... They had condensed it to be, like, a series of events that happened of the night, but mm-hmm. they didn't go into, like, the trial very yeah. much or who did what, whatever. So that's where I'm going to be. Part one, I'll talk about the victims and I'll go through each of the murders. And then part two will be more about the investigation and the trial. And I'll cover more of the family in that. I am going to mention family members' names in this because I want it to be clear who did what and I want it, that's how you properly tell the story. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know who it is, just stick with us. You'll know next week for sure. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is the victims themselves. So right. obviously the most well-known one is Sharon Tate. Yeah, I do remember her. She was 26 when she died. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Some people said that she was the it girl, but she was really still climbing. Yeah. Like, she was starting to get traction in the industry. She was getting more lines, but she was still that girl that was hired to just look beautiful Mm -hmm. in the background kind of thing. So she was still climbing up the stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, She used to date Jay Sebring, who also dies the same night as her. Okay. They were dating, and um, but then she met... Uh, Roman Polanski at a uh, party, and then like she just fell in love. Okay. Um. And he was he was the big name in their relationship at the time because he had just done Rosemary's Baby. Oh. And now yeah, he was yeah. in Europe filming a new one, and everybody was waiting for that one to come out to see what he did. Did he also die? No, he's still... He's he's not alive now. Wait, hang on. Hang on. But this is an easy fix. Yeah, I think he might be dead, but I feel like he's still... I know he fled the country. Why did he flee? Because he was... Um, there was, like, a rumor that he was a pedophile. Oh, shit. Yeah. Don't like that. So he fled because he wasn't naturally from 
America. What'd mm-hmm. you find? He's 86. Still alive? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but he fled while awaiting sentencing. Yeah, so I think where he's a... Forget, I think he's from Poland or something. I think he's something. from Poland, yeah. And they wouldn't extradite him there, so he fled back home. But, I mean, I do want to cover cursed movie sets at some point, but they'll that talk... It so goes back to Rosemary's Baby, where they just think he did that, and then his life fell apart. But mm-hmm. we can talk about that a different that's, that's episode. That's a separate time, yeah. Um, so then... Um, she was also eight and a half months pregnant with the oh time that she God. died. Um, and it is said by everyone who knew her that she was endlessly kind and just not the traditional Hollywood type person, which is so sad. Like, and when I was like looking up her, she's so, so sweet. So, so sweet. Sucks. Um, the next one is Jay Sebring. He was 35 and a famous hairstylist for most of the Hollywood elite. Mm-hmm. Um, he was from San Francisco, but was down here. Uh, mm-hmm. He was still a friend. He was a bachelor now, but he was... Everyone thinks that he was just waiting to see if Sharon would get tired of Polanski or if they would break up and then he would come back. So he was just waiting for her? I think he was, but also, but like not in a way that was bad. I think he was like really just being her friend. Okay. But in the case that something did happen and it didn't work out, like he was, he was still there emotionally yeah. to go back with her, baby okay. and all. Like, and while, um, while Roman okay. was um, abroad for his movie, Jay kind of took over and was like there a lot with her and like was mm-hmm. managing her whole pregnancy yeah. stuff. Well, you can't do that alone, like... Yeah. Um... Because they were married for that. Because didn't... Yeah, no, she was married to Roman Polanski. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's Jay. Um, the next one is Abigail Folger. She was 25, and she was the heiress to the Folger Coffee Company. That whole family. Oh, okay. Um... And she was, like, a really ambitious and kind person as well. Like, she came from money. It's and she sweet people. And then, yeah, like, she came from money, and she decided to go to New York and work in social work. Wow. With, like, homeless people, specifically. And then she moved to L.A. and started doing stuff on Skid Row. Okay. And then she met, um, Wojtek, who also died this night. So there's four people so far. Four people so far. Um... So she was dating Wojtek, who was one of Roman Polanski's friends, and um, he, people say that when she met him, he got her into drugs, and she kind of, like, lost herself into the 60s and 70s a bit. So her and Sharon Tate don't really have any connection besides Roman Polanski. They all knew each other, and they were all living in the house. Oh, because they were so, all living together. Well, not Jay, but um, Abigail, Wojtek, and uh, Sharon Trin. were all living together. Okay, so they all knew each other. Got it. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, she had apparently gotten into drugs and um, was a little bit out of it, her normal self at that yeah. point. But when she was, right before she died, she was starting to come out of it. She was in therapy, and her therapist later says that he thought she could leave. She was about strong enough to leave him, and she would have gone back to her family. Oh, that sucks. 
So, yeah, like he said, that's what they were working on. They were working on getting her out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, his name is hard. It's like Wojcik, and that's why they called him Wojcik Frakowski. So he was 32 when he died and friends with Polanski. His family was wealthy as well, and they helped kickstart Polanski's film career by funding his first movie. Okay. Um, and so after that, Polanski kind of took him in, and they stuck together mm-hmm. through the rest of it. But he was mostly just known as a playboy, and even Roman said that he was known for his charm and not his talent. Ouch. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, he came to America. He lived in New York for a bit, and then he ended up moving in mm-hmm. with um, Roman and his wife, Sharon. Yeah. Um, so... The next one that dies on the first night of the murders is Stephen Parent, which is the one I'm so, so sad about. Is because he's 18 from Elmani. Oh my god. And he was really just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I hate how that's most of these situations. Well, he was working, you'll find out more, but at the time he was working two jobs to get enough money to go to junior college. Oh my god. And then he died. Um, that's awful. Oh, I had more. Okay, so then actually there is another one who dies on the first night of of the murders, and it's Paul Polanski, which was the name they had picked out for Sharon's baby. Oh. I know. Um, That's sad. Thanks for including that. I found it through Wikipedia, and I was like, I don't know if that's the name they had picked, but I feel like that's something they could have found out, and I wanted to include the baby, because definitely by that point, there was, like, a real person murdered... Um, two victims from the next murder series, and okay. that's Leo LaBianca, or Leno, Leno LaBianca, who was 44. Um, he was an L.A. native and a USC alumni. He was the president of Gateway Markets and the founder of the state wholesale grocery company. Okay. Um, he was known to be quiet and conservative, but when he died, the police found out he had a bit of a gambling problem and that he oh, owned shit. nine horses. Nine horses? Um, <laughs> um, who gambles in horses? Even in the 60s, like... I, yeah, I don't know. But, like, he owned nine horses, but he was in quite a bit of debt mm-hmm. at the time that he died. Um, and then they, he actually, I thought it was interesting that he died in the very same house that he was born in. Oh, that's interesting. It's kind of a neat little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He had five children, three from a previous marriage, and two with Rosemary, who is the next victim. Rosemary LaBianca. Okay. Which, we love her. We love her? Yeah, she was 38 when she died. Um, She was believed to have been born in Mexico to American parents, but then was abandoned in Arizona. Oh, wow. Um, she was in an orphanage until she was 12, and then she was adopted and brought to California by her new family. She was a working-class girl her entire life. Mm-hmm. She was, um, she'd been married before and had two, uh, had two, uh, one kid, I think? Yeah, one kid with her previous husband, and then when she was a waitress is when she met Leno. She... However, she had a good head for business and had invested her money the entire time, and that's Damn. how she was able to leave her three children at the time of her death with over $2.5 million. Oh my god! Which was, like, five times the amount of money that Abigail had as a heiress to a huge company. Oh my company. god. Damn, 
damn, girl. Right? I was like, what? All right, so now we're at six people plus the baby. Uh, so it's five, so it's eight. Eight, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because there are five, the baby's six, and then two. Now, this one isn't directly a part of it, but it's the same family part of it. And it ha- but it does happen weeks How before. Are, um, Leno and Rosemary connected to... Well, I'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll stop asking questions. Anyway, so this last victim actually happens, like, two weeks before the famous murders happened. But okay. there, he's tied into it. Um, his name's Gary Hinman. He was 35 when he died and a UCLA graduate. All right. Um, he'd studied chemistry but was back in school for sociology. Interesting. All right. Um, he, his friends said that he had an open door policy about his house, which meant that if any friend needed a place, they could easily, like, his place was safe to come and stay for however long they needed, even, like, even if they just needed to, like, sleep off a bender Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, he was a really talented musician who worked at a music shop and taught drums, piano, trombone, and the bagpipes. Yes, we love the bagpipes. Yeah. Um, and he was, but he was also making and selling mescaline, which is a drug. And oh, that's shit. why he is murdered. Oh, yeah. Um, he was a Buddhist and he was trying to go to Japan the same summer that he ended up dying. That sucks, man. And he was murdered by his friend, Bobby Bosley. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Is- this is real depressing. This it's is why the last episode worse. was late. Yeah, we're sorry for babbling so much through the last episode, but we needed a break. Yeah, it wasn't prepped for this. <laughs> so we're going to get right into the murders, which right. actually starts with Gary. Okay. Um, it was July 27th, 1969. Um, and, like, I have it where, like, the beginning... I'll just start. Um... <laughs> Bobby had been trying to... Bobby Beausoleil had moved in with the family on Spawn Ranch. And at the same time he moved in, Charlie had brought in um, a motorcycle gang called the Street Satans. Charlie Manson. Oh, yes. So I'm just going to say Charlie, because I don't want to say Manson all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So Charlie had brought in a motorcycle gang called the Straight Satans to protect the family or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get a gang called Satan to protect your family. I'm gonna get way more into the family in the next part, but, like, this is stuff you're gonna yeah. hear. Um, and so Bobby wanted to impress that gang. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he, they, he heard they wanted drugs, and he knew his friend Gary oh, was shit. making and selling drugs. Mm-hmm. So he told them that he could go get them for them. So he took a thousand bucks... And he went to Gary and bought um, mescaline. Mm -hmm. And then he took it back and they didn't like the drugs. They said they were bad. So he was going back there, he said, just to try to get his money back. But Mm -hmm. um, because he said it wasn't his to spend anyway. Like, it was their money and they didn't like the drugs, so he needed to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So he apparently went back and there was a bit of a scuffle and that's when he called in Charlie to help him. So then, um, and that was the 25th. So two days later, he comes back with, um, Charlie and Mary and Susan. Are they also Mansons? 
They are Manson. So everyone okay. I mention, like, that gets brought into a crime scene is, is a, a Manson. Manson. Okay. Um, and then it said that Manson then walked in and just slashed Gary's face with oh a Confederate sword. God. And then straight dipped. What? <laughs> okay, first off, how the fuck do you get a Confederate sword? And he just went in there and was like, okay, your face is gone now. You're bleeding out. <laughs> To death, I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, I think it was like give him the money, and he was probably like, "Hey man, I don't have any money." And then he was just like stretched last. Some sources said it was a samurai sword, but I've heard the Confederate one more. I've also heard a bayonet before, but any either either way. (laughs) Um, and so then okay. So then what Bobby says is that um he was worried that. After after that happened, he was worried that him would be good enough to call the cops, and so he'd get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's why he started stabbing him. Oh, so he was just bleeding out, but not dead yet. No, he wasn't dead. He was just injured. And then, and then Bobby was like, well, I might as well finish the job. Yes, but it also, it, it does come up that Manson could have, like, it's like there was like a bit of an exchange before where, like, Bobby was, like, he was, like, the guy's on the floor bleeding from yeah. his face wound. Mm-hmm. And um, Manson walked out, and there's, like, there was a bit of conversation between that and him stabbing him. Where, like, he went to talk to Charlie and was, like, I don't know if I can do this. And then it was, it seemed that, like, Charlie said things enough to, like, get him to, like, feel that way. That, like, mm-hmm. if you don't kill him, we're all gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Um... And this also goes back to Charlie's plan that he had, which I can get into the next part. Okay. Because it's full-on batshit crazy. There's a plan? Yes. All right. This was a plan. Um, so then, yeah. So then he stabs him to death, and then they write political piggy in his blood on the wall. What? And then... Okay. <laughs> um... Yeah. <laughs> And then Mary says that Bobby even went so far as to draw a paw print on the wall because they were trying to make it look like the Black Panthers did it. So they were trying to frame someone else. The Black Was that Panthers. Part of the plan. Ba- the Black Panthers were the Black um, equalist group in mm-hmm. the '60s. So they were trying to blame all of this. Cool. So they're racist too. Them. Go oh, figure. Yeah. It gets worse. Um, It gets worse. So then two weeks later, which is three days before Sharon is killed at all, Mm -hmm. um, Bobby is caught and booked for the murders. Later, after um, Sharon was murdered and all of them, the LAPD is approached by homicide detectives from the LA Sheriff's Office about Bobby. And they're like, hey. We have this guy. It seems really similar to yours because they were, like, stabbed to death. And there's also blood written on the wall. Maybe we should look into this. <laughs> and they, and I so. I am not the biggest supporter <laughs> of the LAPD. You go through all these cases and they just, like, exactly. drop the ball. That's why when everybody came at me and was like, we need the police. And I was like, do we? What do they do? Right. Who's going back to, like, Black <laughs> Dahlia and all these other murders? And the cops are just like, we don't know. 
Well, even that, they were like, well, who's going to solve the murders? And I was like, not LAPD, because they don't do that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, and so, like, the people, the sheriff's officers even mentioned Spawn Ranch and that Bobby was a hippie living with them and a bunch of other hippies with a leader named Charlie who, who had convinced everyone he was Jesus. Um... And then what did Ellie... I'm surprised this doesn't happen as much as I think it probably would. Because, like, people are like, oh yeah, Jesus is coming back. But you don't really hear a whole ton of stories about people pretending to be Jesus. I like, think maybe you do. You were just not in cult circles. <laughs> but also, fair. this was the, 60, the 60s when shit was going down everywhere and everybody was tripping balls. Yeah, that's so, fair. But then, uh, what does LAPD do with this information? Nothing. There's no connection between this murder and this murder. You have to be kidding me. They didn't believe it was important enough to mention to other people leading the case they were on. Okay. So, like, they talked to that later. They talked to just, like, a normal officer, and he thought it wasn't important enough to take to his commanding officer. Like, the person leading the case, he was like, I don't need to tell him. What are you. No! (laughs) Yeah. That's that's what they did. They should have just gone straight for the commanding officer. <laughs> well, the book I read, Helter Skelter, they said, had they looked into this case, they could have solved Sharon's, like, that day. It could have, like, blown the case wide open to have, like, found them. And then maybe the LaBiancas La wouldn't have died. So. I, I can't. Okay, well. Um, so, however, um, it said that when Bobby got caught... On August 6th, Charlie got worried that he would spill the beans on them. Um, So Charlie doesn't really care about anyone but himself. Oh, you'll learn. But no, he doesn't. So he was like, we need to kill another person to make it seem like the actual killer's still out out there. there. So even if Bobby does talk shit about us, they're going to see another murder and be like, well, he was here. Mm -hmm. So he tells his family to start looking for places. Okay. Um... Some sources say that the Cielo Drive was picked randomly, um, and just because Charlie and Tex had been there before and knew the layout. So Sharon Tate wasn't intended to get murdered, they just needed someone for convenience sake to murder. Uh, she wasn't the target, but I don't think she was as random as some people want to make it seem, because the, here's where we're getting into it, Okay, is that the house that Sharon and Roman bought, they took over the lease from the person living there before Mm -hmm. because he was going to move out. Yeah. He was Terry Melcher, who was a music producer and singer-songwriter. Very famous at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, now he's famous, but, like, at the time he was one of those people that influenced who got made and who didn't. Okay. Um, And Manson had gone to him... To get his music made, because Manson wanted to be a music star. Oh, for fuck's sake. And Terry had said that he was good, but he didn't have The thing, yeah. And so, like, so that means Charlie had been at this house, and he had some sort of vendetta on the guy he thought was was still in this house. So he Um, showed up planning to kill that guy and found Sharon instead. Well, no, I think because this is where the rumor comes in that is on Once Upon a Time, where they said, like, it did, like, 
There's a rumor that Charlie went to the house before they killed it and was told that Terry didn't live there anymore by Jay, Mm -hmm. um, which is a scene that does play out in Once Upon a Time, but I haven't really been able to find anybody else that seconds it. Okay. So I don't know if it was just Tarantino's... Take on it like, or whatever. Like, you know, embellishing on it to make yeah. him more a part of the story. But it did seem like they did know that Terry wasn't living there, but they thought that doing this murder there would still scare him and send a bit of a message to him. Okay, so that I, makes sense. So I think Sharon with. was sort of random, but her house being a target, I don't think it was. It wasn't meant for her, it was meant for the house. Yeah, it was meant for Terry. Yeah. He didn't, I just think he didn't care who was in there. Yeah. I mean, he didn't care that Bobby got caught. He just got scared that they were going to out him. Yeah. He would just, yeah. Um, so now we're at the famous August 8th murders, but I'm going to tell you everything everybody did that that day before. All right. Okay. So 8 a.m., Mrs. Chapman, who is there made housekeeper of sorts, because she does more than clean. Mm -hmm. Um, She arrives and starts doing her chores. 8.30, Herrero, which is um, one of their workers, arrives to paint the nursery, because they were setting up for a baby. Could be a nursery. It's not a fire trash can. Could be a nursery. nursery. Um, (laughs) He takes all the screens out of that room before he starts painting. Okay. Um, 11 a.m., Polanski calls from London to talk to Sharon. Mrs. Chapman is listening in the hallway, I guess, and she, okay. over, she overhears Sharon's side. Um, Sharon was worried that Rowan wouldn't be home for his birthday on the 18th, but he told her that he'd be home on the 12th, and then Sharon later did tell this to Mrs. Chapman. Mm-hmm. Sharon also told him that she had enrolled him in a course for expectant fathers. Okay. Um, over the course of that morning, Sharon received many calls during the day. One of them was about the cats that she had just started taking care of. Oh. Um, uh. Okay. She, like, Terry had had some cats when he left, and they had then had babies and had more babies, and so now she was taking care of 26 cats and two dogs. Oh my god. And like that the, seems a little excessive. But I just think that was that was Sharon. I think she just saw creatures and, and was like, like, "I must take care I of must them." Must protect. Like what I had seen, like the phone call was like she was talking to I think a vet about one of the kittens because she had been feeding it via eye drop. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it was just like too young of a cat, and maybe the mom had vanished, maybe. and so she needed to find more information on how to take care of it. Aww. But then, yeah, so she was taking care of 26 cats and two dogs. I can't. One was hers and one was Abigail's dog. Okay. Was um, Abigail there during all this? Not right now. Okay. So then Mrs. Chapman also does note that Sharon was typically wearing bikini bottoms and a bra at this point all day, every day. Mood. I'm like, yeah, girl was eight and a half months pregnant in August. <laughs> Y'all all know how I feel about August. I had, it's hot. I had it's awful. And I don't think air conditioning was a big thing back then, and it was hot as shit. Right? And you're going to be so uncomfortable. And, like, it's 96 here this week. Mm-hmm. And it's it hasn't hot. gotten this hot all summer. Well, and she lived in, Be- like, the hills of Beverly Hills. Yeah. 
So, like... Like, hot. It's hot. Like, give your girl a break. I've told Josh if I'm fucking pregnant in summer, I'm going to have <laughs> words to say. And he can't... There's no defense for him. He should have done the math. <laughs> um... So, I'm totally here for her living in her bra. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bikini bottoms. Live your life, girl. I don't (laughs) care. I I do have questions about this later, but I just, I don't care. Um, Okay, so then just before noon, Mrs. Chapman notices dog prints and dirt on the front door and wipes it down with a mixture of water and vinegar, which apparently is important later. Okay, when the investigation takes over. The dog prints. Of one of Sharon's dogs? Yeah, her dogs. Like, okay. she was just cleaning. All right. And she, but I think what's important is the is that she wiped down, down the with door water with and water vinegar. and vinegar. Um, then on the, the other side... They like to say that it's on the other side of town. The, Steve, Stephen was on the other side of town. Stephen is in El Monte. <laughs> Imagine, like, picture it. Like, Beverly Hills, yeah. which is above Malibu, mm-hmm. and El Monte, which is... East of us. Yeah. It's far. It's yeah, like an not... hour. It's not across <laughs> town. Um, anyway, so he went home in Almani um, to eat lunch with his mom before he went back to his job at the plumbing supply company. Um, as he left, he asked his mom if she could lay out a pair of clean clothes for him so that he could change before going to his second job. Uh... Yeah. No, this is sad. Um, I don't like this. 12.30 in the afternoon, Joanna Pettit and uh, Barbara Lewis come to have lunch with Sharon. Here's my question. Is she eating lunch in her bra and her underwear? I sure hope so. (laughs) Or did she throw on, like, a sundress? I mean, she probably did. I mean, if I came over to see, like, my best friend in August and they were fucking pregnant, I'd be like... That's just how we're going to dress today. <laughs> right, okay. this is just how it is. <laughs> like, do you want me to get you some ice? <laughs> it's hot. Um, I'm uncomfortable. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about her friends is Joanna had been friends with Janice Wiley, um, who actually had been violently murdered with her roommate just six years ago in New oh York. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, and that case is known as the Career Girls murder, so now I have a new murder to look <gasps> Wait, alright, let me put a note on Um, and so this, like, this, like, Sharon's murder is now, like, Joanna's second brush with death. Because she was there both days that they did die. Oh my god, that's so sad. Wait. Oh. It's just, that's weird. Like, this if I was girl. Joanne, I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? Am I cursed? Oh, my God. Um, and so then, so then Sharon just talks to them about the baby, and she shows them the nursery, um, and they keep having their lunch. Yeah, uh, that's sweet. Yeah. One Sandy tenant called Sharon asking about a party she had heard about, but Sharon told her she wasn't planning a party that night. But said she could come over later, but Sandy declines and just says she'll stay home. Okay. Alright, just coming over for the party, I guess. It is interesting that the police heard rumors that there was supposed to be a party at her house by many different people, but then nobody showed up to the party. So, I don't know what happened. Well, if she wasn't planning a party, how did that rumor get out? I don't know. Like, there was something to be said that maybe Jay had said they were going to have some Mm. sort of a party. And then it was like, yeah. Sharon was like, no, I'm not having a party. 
Okay, eight and a half months pregnant. Right, she can't drink or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then LAPD tried to find to see if anybody had gone to this party, but there wasn't a party, so yeah, of course so no. they couldn't find anybody. Um, 8.30... I wonder if anybody had tried to go and she was like, there's no party, you can leave. I don't know. I didn't find anything about it. Yeah. Uh, so at 1.30, Herrero finishes painting the, um, the nursery, and he leaves... He leaves for the day, but he doesn't replace any of the screens because he was going to come back on Monday to finish them. Is that how they get in? The room. No. I said, the next line, the screens have nothing to do with the murder. (laughs) Alright. <laughs> um, 2pm, Abigail bought a bicycle in Santa Monica and then arranged to have it delivered later. David okay. Martinez, who is a gardener, arrives to start working. Um, and then Wojtek and Abigail come home and join Sharon for lunch. Okay. Are Sharon's um, friends still there at this point? Yes. Okay. Um, 3pm, the second gardener, Tom Vargas, arrives. Um, and then Abigail and Wojtek leave in separate cars. So they were only there for half an hour. Okay. Uh, 3.30, Sharon's friends leave. Jay calls his butler at his home for coffee in bed for him and his lady of the day. <laughs> Shit, okay. Wait, isn't Jay dating Abigail? No, no Voitech's dating Abigail. Okay. And they're okay? living together. Jay is the hairstylist who's in love with Sharon. Yes. He, But he lives on his own. He, he was just always at Sharon's yeah. house. Yeah. Right, he was the helper. Yes. Mm-hmm. And friend. You could just yes, say friend. friend. <laughs> 3.45, Jay calls Sharon and says that he'll be over sooner than he had thought he would be, um, and he also calls his secretary to get any messages from the day. Damn, he's like an important person. He is an important person. He has a phone call with John Madden to discuss his trip to San Francisco the next day. He was supposed to go visit a Shit. salon. Um, Mrs. Chapman tells Sharon that she's done with her work for the day, and Sharon offers to have her just stay the night since it's so hot, but she declines, and the first gardener offers to take her to the bus stop since he's also leaving. Okay, so there's a second gardener who's still there, though. Yes, so there's one gardener that leaves with the housekeeper. Okay. Mrs. Chapman. Yes. Um, 4.30 p.m., the second gardener, Vargas, notices that Sharon is asleep in her bed, um, and so he signs for a package that gets delivered right then so that he doesn't have to wake her up. Mm-hmm. She probably wasn't sleeping very good right now with the baby and yeah, the belly. Yeah, it's hot yeah, it's and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so, um, so the package that uh, Tom signs for is closed for Sarah, for Sharon that was sent by Roman from London. Okay. Um, Abigail had an appointment with her therapist dr flicker and she keeps that one so she she's at 4 30 she's at the therapist okay sharon's sleeping there's a package for her uh jay's coming over soon yeah and voitech is nowhere to be seen right now voitech's just out of the house all Um, right 4 45 tom gets ready to leave but asks garretson who i guess is somebody oh garretson is the um he's like watching the house he lives in the guest house he was um Brought in by Terry, but when he still lived there. Okay. So there's a guest house on the property, and Garretson lives in there. Okay. So Tom's getting ready to leave, but he asked Garretson to water the plants over the weekend since it was supposed to be really hot. Yeah. Um, back in Almani, Stephen hurries homes, hurries home, changes his clothes, waits at his mom, and then goes out to his second job, which was a stereo repairman. 
my oh, This poor kid. He's just out here working. Uh, 5.30 to 6 p.m., Jay um, is leaving his house, but blocked by his neighbor, Mrs. K, because she was uh, backing out of her driveway. <laughs> um, she said mm-hmm. that he seemed in a hurry and then did not wave to her like normal. Okay. So Jay is nice for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, everyone's nice for the most part, I think. Yeah. So 6 to 6.30, Debbie, who is Sharon's 13-year-old sister, calls asking to come over tonight. Sharon says that she's really tired and just asks if they could do it a different day. So that would be like me and you. Except I'm just a little bit older. Yeah. But also, like, her saying that I'm tired saved her sister's life. Yeah. Because if she had, if anyone had come over, they'd be dead. They'd be dead, too. Yeah. Um, oh, I feel so bad for her sister to be like, oh my god, I could have been there. Yeah. And would have died. Um, 7.30 to 8 p.m., Dennis Hurst arrives at Cielo Drive to drop off Abigail's bike. Jay... Abigail's still not there, though, right? No, she's not, not, not there yet, no. Jay is the one who answers the door, which is confirmed because Dennis was able to identify him later through a photo. Okay. Um, he said he didn't, he said nothing seemed weird and he didn't see anybody at the time that he dropped off the bike. Okay. 9.45 to 10 p.m., a manager at a restaurant says that he saw Jay's name on the waiting list but never saw him. There was a waitress who did claim to serve them but then could not identify any of the four. That was supposed to be her Okay, people. so they've never showed up to dinner. Um, yeah, like, they, like when they found out that she said she had served them, they showed them pictures of the victims, and she was like, I don't know them. Which, I'm like, then you didn't serve those people. Right, it's like, you see so many people in a day, but you're still able to remember their faces. Like, if you saw them again, you're like, yeah, I remember them coming yeah. in. I mean, there were definitely people at Disney that I did not remember. Like they come, they came well, back. Well, you see an excessive amount. Of people I see there. thousands of people a day when yeah. I'm at Disney, and they're like, "Oh, I bought a churro from you four hours ago," and I was like, "Okay, uh, all right, it means nothing to me." <laughs> I'm sure it did. Here's another one. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> see ya. Um, well, and especially since now we like rotate, so maybe I saw somebody at the churro stand, and they come back to like. The fruit cart. I don't remember you because I'm <laughs> in a different place. <laughs> um, so I think what could have happened with this is that maybe Jay originally made plans for them to go to dinner, and then Sharon was just too tired. That's what I'm. And so they canceled it, but maybe they had already set a table aside so that the waitress thought, "Oh, this is the mm-hmm. Sebring table," and so she thought she. Yeah, served this them. was the table. But either way, she didn't serve them. I don't think they went out. Yeah, probably not. Um. And then there's various people that, oh, because also they couldn't have been there because at 10 p.m. Abigail called her mom to um, finalize her plans to San Francisco in the morning because her family was from there. So Jay and Abigail were supposed to leave the next day. For San Francisco. Wow. Um, This timing is all just insane. Yeah. And so at the time, Abigail was at home. Um, Okay. and And then her mom says that she didn't have... Any notes of anxiety for herself or the safety of the house while they were talking. So that means none of them knew what was coming. No. Everything was a normal day. Which is how it always is, you know. Right, just how it always is. Um, Some people said that they claimed to see both Sharon and Jay, or just sometimes said Sharon, um, at clubs that night. Okay. But none of them checked out because your motherfucking woman was eight months pregnant 
She's not going to clubs. I'm sorry. I will die on this hill. She was at home because she's fucking tired. She's tired. She's hot. She can't drink. So She wasn't at a party. She wasn't having a party. She wasn't out to dinner. She didn't let her sister come over. Just she let her was sleep. home. <laughs> uh, um, people also had claimed later that they had talked to various victims on the phone between 10 and midnight, but when the cops, like, Checked, checked again on, like, their stories. Their stories were changed. They were not reliable, and so they just discounted all of those claims. Okay. I really don't like how, like, when this stuff happens, there's, like, those people who try to, like, insert, insert themselves. themselves into the stuff. Yeah. Like, I always see, like, that whole, like, if you have any, like, um... Information Information, call the cops. I'm like, well, I don't know anything. Yeah. You think I don't want to know more about what's going on? I love true crime, but I'm not yeah. going to, like, fuck around with someone's case because well, I need to know. Everything. Yeah. Well, and it just wastes time and resources, mm-hmm. and then there's so many, like, tips that go out that people just think everything's bullshit. Yeah. And then that can be how they miss some good ones that come through. Exactly. Okay. Um, 11 p.m., Stephen is done with work, so he stops at his friend's job in Almani and asks if he wants to go for a drive. His friend says, maybe another night. Okay. 11.45, Stephen arrives at Cielo Drive, hoping to sell a clock radio to William Gerritsen. Oh, no! And that's why he's there. He didn't end up selling him the, the radio, but they did hang out for a bit. 12.15 12.15 in the morning. I wrote p.m., but it's a.m. Stephen leaves the guest house. He only gets as far as his car. No! No! I hate this! So, also, wait. Who just hangs out with someone that they're trying to sell something to at 12 o'clock in the morning? That is a bit weird for me, but I also just think, like, he was 18. I think Garretson was younger. Like, he was... And I think it's also just the 60s. So yeah, maybe the 60s. they just People hang out... Maybe they just hanging out. Maybe they were listening to music. Maybe he was fixing something. Maybe they were hitting up the bong. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. They were chill. They're chilling, and he was young, and he didn't have anywhere to be. So. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It sucks. Mm. Okay. Stephen is like, I'm upset by all of them, but Stephen breaks my heart because he had, like, other than like going to like sell a radio, he had. No business being Right, and there. he was working so hard. He had such a life ahead of him. He was young. He was working to college. He had two jobs. Loved his mom. Like, yeah. Loved his mama. <laughs> Love my mom. This is so sad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, okay. that sucks. I'm annoyed. I know. So now we're going to get right into the first The murder. actual murders. Yeah. Because this is 1215. Is Stephen the first one who died? Yes. Because they were coming in and he was at his car. Well, I'm going to tell you if you let me tell you. Yes. Sorry. Okay. So, um, Charlie sends texts. His name, his actual, his name was also Charles, but he was from Texas, so they called him Tex. Everyone in the Manson family has a list of nicknames, but nowhere that I was looking at at the time, like, listed them all. So I just called them by their real fucking name because you should be yourself. Yeah. Like, you did this, I'm not gonna call you some nickname that you can dissociate and be like, it wasn't Leslie, it was this person. Yeah. No, it's your, your fucking ego. name. So I'm just gonna stick with their name, but <laughs> I right. will call Tex Tex. Because that's the only have two Charlies. Yeah, so that's right, the only so one. Charlie and Tex. And I also don't want to use last names, because I'm not 
in the military, and I don't... Yeah. I want to call them by their real names, because yeah. I think that makes them more of a person. It's who they are, yeah. Well, I, I just think it's important to know that people did this. Like, when you call someone by a last name, it's easier to, like, disassociate yeah. them, because you're like, well, that was Watson. Mm-hmm. No, it was Tex. Yeah, they're, they're an actual person. <laughs> yeah, and they decided to do this. Yes. Okay, so Charlie sends Tex, Susan Atkins... Um, Linda Kasabian and Patricia <laughs> Credwinkle. And like, like every time I typed notes, it was Patricia, Patricia. I just think I to get some work done. Uh, Patricia sucks. So okay, just know cool. that. Um, and her last name's Credwinkle. <laughs> Sh- shut up. <laughs> Sh- shut up. You have no say. Your last name's Credwinkle. <laughs> Uh, all right, so he sends them to 150, well, it's, like, 150, like, so mm-hmm. what is that, yeah. 10,050 10, Cielo Drive. Um, yeah. They arrived just after midnight. I also looked the shit up. Spawn Ranch is 35 minutes away from Cielo Drive. Like, this was not, like, there's no way this could have been yeah. just a random pick, because who drives 35 yeah, minutes drive? yeah. to go murder somebody? Mm-hmm. Random. So, yeah. Stranger. So, it did seem like it was a little intentional, but they didn't mean to kill Taryn. Sharon. They meant it for Terry. Terry. And whoever was living with Terry. Yeah. Um, so they arrive, and the first thing that they do is Tex climbs the telephone pole and cuts the phone lines. I hate this. That's so much forethought into this. I hate it. Like, that's something, like, I think I would hate, like, just the power getting cut in general. Because you're like, oh shit. Because now I'm in the dark. You have no way to contact anyone. But like the phone lines is bad too because you still think everything's normal. And you feel like, you know, you just wouldn't be able to call anybody if you needed to. Um, And then after he does this, they back their car up the driveway. So I'm guessing that just was so it was easier to take off after because their car's already facing Was it, out. like, the phone line for the entire block or whatever? Um, from what I saw, I mean, there is, like, but, like, you need to know that um, up in the hills of Beverly Hills, there is quite enough space around yeah. each one. Like, they did have neighbors, but their driveway was long as shit. Yeah. So... It might Beverly have just Hills. it might have just been theirs, but it could have affected other people. But okay, it, 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 it doesn't come into play at all. No, not really. They I don't think they even reached for the phone the entire time. So okay. it was kind of a moo point. But still, like the thought that went into that. Yeah. Um, then they got to the gate that kept that was at their driveway, and they worried that it would be electric or alarmed. I just want to know who was electrifying their gates in the sixties. In like, Beverly Hills. That, yeah. Alarmed? Sure. Electric? I don't know. No. Um, so then they decided they would just climb the bushes on the side of the gate. Um, okay. And then when they got over, that's when they met Stephen as he was leaving the residence. That sucks. Um, it does seem like he had been, like, making it down the driveway a bit. Um... And, uh, so what Tex does is points a gun straight at Stephen... In the face. Mm-hmm. And Steven begs for his life. He just is like, dude, just let me go. I won't say anything. I'll, yeah. I'll never mention you. Just, I'm just, I'd have no part in this. Just let me leave. I'm just trying to fix something. Um, and then that's when 
uh, Tex pulls out a knife and he slashes at him, which is why Steven, he tried to block it and he has, that's why he has a defensive slash wound mm-hmm. on his hand. But it had actually severed tendons in his oh, hand. Oh shit, so he can't use it. And it was so strong that it ripped the watch off of his wrist. Oh my god. And then, even if that were the case, that Tex then shoots him four times. In the chest and abdomen. So, like, there was no way he was getting out oh, of there anyway. Well, that means Sharon and the others heard the gunshots. Maybe not. Wait, when did Wojtek come back? Just at some point? At some point. It okay. wasn't mentioned that he came back. Maybe yeah. it wasn't mentioned that Abigail came back. They just were, were there. They were there. Um... Then Tex and the girls pushed the car back up the driveway. So he had come down a little bit. So he started mm-hmm. his car and driven it. So I don't oh. think he was right next to the house when it happened. So they okay. probably didn't Okay, it could have been anything. some distance. Yeah. Um, um, Tex then tells Linda to just wait outside and be a lookout. And apparently she decided she wanted to wait next to Stephen's car. I don't why? know why. That's fucking morbid. Um, because, like, and especially since, like, later she says that she, like, I've heard that she joined the family only a couple days before oh they started murdering. Oh my god, what is wrong with this girl? But I haven't really dug in too much to that, to the family yeah, to, like, yeah. know. So, but they're trying to say that, like, she wasn't really a part of this, and there does seem to be moments when she does try to stop stuff. But, like, they just murdered Steven, and she's still hanging out with them. By the car, too. Like So, I don't know. Um, so then, somehow, they don't see that there's already screens taken down, and so they <laughs> cut into another screen and then take it off. Oh, my God! Um, Tech says that he whispered to Susan, and that's what woke Wojtek up, who was sleeping on the couch. Which I hate because I love to sleep on the couch. Yeah. I don't have a couch right now, so that's good. But I, was, but <laughs> I like, live next now. to the door. <laughs> um, um, so apparently Tex goes in, kicks him in the face, um, and then Wojtek is confused, duh, mm-hmm. by the whole thing. And he asks what the hell they're doing there. And then Tex says, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's work. What? No. Um... No, thanks. I'm good. Well, you're asleep, and then you wake up because you hear noises, and there's, like, two people climbing through your window, and you get kicked in the face, and they're like, I'm the devil. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Tex stays here, and he tells the girls to go look for any others, and then the girls take off. Okay. Um, yes. They find Abigail in her room, and Sharon and Jay were in Sharon's room. They bring everybody into the living room. Um, oh, shit. So they were conscious when all this happened. Mm-hmm. So Tex ties Sharon and Jay together with a rope around their necks. So it's not like they killed them in their sleep or whatever. No, they were like, we're going to bring you out here it's and make bad. you watch while I do all this. No, there's a reason they say violently murdered for this case. Okay, let's um, keep going. Yeah. So they tied Sharon and Jay together with a rope around their neck, and this is when Jay gets pissed off because he thought they were being too rough with Sharon. Um, He's real protective. He is, and so, like, he I was... I mean, she's pregnant, like... Yeah, when he loves her, but, like, especially yeah. she's pregnant. So he's, like, yelling at them, 
And so um, Tex shoots him and then stabs him seven times. And he falls over. What is the whole deal with, like, shooting and then stabbing or whatever? I don't know. Um, Choose one. At this point, Abigail was taken back to her room to get her purse. um, And then she gave her killer $70. Okay. At the just same, assume that you're dead already. Um, at happens. this same time, Wojtek gets loose of his ties because they only tied him with a towel. <laughs> um, okay. And he and Susan start struggling. Um, she was stabbing at his legs with her knife, but he, like, powered through and he managed to shake her off and get to the front door and onto the porch. Um, but I've got a gun, though. That's when Tex caught up with him, and he beat him on the head with his gun multiple times, and then started stabbing him. And he also shot him twice. Oh my god, what is wrong with these people? Um, okay, so, I, so right now, only Steven and Wojtek are dead. Wojtek's not dead yet. Oh, I he think, just got beat and stabbed and shot. If but anything, he's still alive. I think it would be that Steven and Jay are dead. Oh, did they... Jay's oh, the right. one. Jay got stabbed. Yeah, yes, he and fell shot. over. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, Linda, who's outside next to Stephen's dead body, hears all the screams and, quote, horrifying sounds coming from the house. She says that she went in and tried to tell them that someone was coming. She said that she hoped this would make them stop. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah. Um, but while she came in and did this, Abigail used that to get away from Patricia. Is that annoying? Should I stop? No, it's fine. <laughs> she, um, is able to get away from Patricia, and she runs out the door of her room that goes to the pool. And she runs around the pool and makes it to the front lawn before Patricia tackles her. I don't like this bitch. Um, she starts stabbing her, and then Susan comes to help her. And together, they both stabbed um, Abigail 28 times. Oh my god. Remember when we thought 19 19 was bad? bad? 28. Okay. Um, Yeah, so Wojtek's still alive, and he's, um, like, struggling with Tex across the lawn. Mm -hmm. um, And Tex is still stabbing him. So Sharon's seeing all this shit go down, but she's tied and she's got a rope around her neck and can't really do anything. Yeah, there's some cases where, like, she might have had, like, a pillowcase over her head, but I don't... It's, like, it's different all the time. And I would think it would be more terrifying to, like, be sitting there tied up with a bag over your head and a rope around your neck and just hearing chaos Well, because the person next to you is almost dead or dead. Well, yeah. And then you hear gunshots going off and, like, screaming and... Yeah, I think Morbid mentions that they had found, I think it's for this one, that there were, like, camp, like, kids camping in the forest around, and oh. they heard oh, all shit. of this. But I, I, that's not something I was looking up, so yeah. I didn't come up, but I feel like I remembered that being told to that's me. That's horrifying. Talk about don't go into the woods. That's <laughs> right? scary. Don't go into the woods, guys, because you might be camping in here, people getting brutally murdered. Yeah. So, we're back on the front lawn with Wojtek, who is struggling, and Tex is still stabbing him. Oh my um, god. So, Wojtek was stabbed 51 times. Oh, shit! And he was beat on the head 13 times, 
with enough force to make the barrel of the gun bend and break off part of the butt of the gun, which breaks off and it's in the grass next to him, like his body. Oh, um, and he's been shot twice. Yes. This um, man, oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sharon, now, she's the, the last one alive. She's begging just to be kept alive enough to have her baby. baby. Like, she's like, just take me hostage, that way my baby can live. Um, they said no. Of course. Of course they said no. So both Susan and Tex, um, like lunge at her, and they stab her 16 times across her chest and back. Oh. Had they cut out her baby even 20 minutes after she died, like, he would have made it. You're kidding! Like, they didn't have to, like, t- they didn't even have to take him. They could have just left him there. He- maybe that would have killed him because he would have had to be alive through the night. Mm-hmm. But, like, he could have lived. Because she was because she was that much like six and a half months like I mean not six and a half eight and a half months is like a full baby at that point basically like it's not even considered preemie yeah like you have to be still in your seventh month I think to be considered Mm preemie like even if you give birth at eight eight months it's still like a normal baby. baby. Um, so then, because Charlie had told them to leave a sign, I'm quoting, something witchy, Susan writes the word pig on the front door in Sharon's blood. And then they just leave with the $70 that they took from Abigail. Uh, So this clearly wasn't, like, a money grab, which is probably what people would have thought once they first got there, they are like, oh, you know, they tried to rob the place. No, I think they were originally just telling them that like they were gonna they were gonna take money from them, but then at one point they did say like, "Oh, we're gonna kill you," and then people freaked out because duh. Mm-hmm. But um, like even like because later it is like found out that like like Charlie was mad that they didn't. Yeah, here it says like Charlie was mad about how everything went down the next that night. And, like, how mm-hmm. little they walked away with. They could have walked out with a bunch of money because, oh, yeah. like, Jay had money. Like, Abigail was rich as fuck. Sharon was rich. Yeah. Um, they could have had a bunch of money. But mm-hmm. they just didn't, like, look or do enough yeah. to get it. Um, so then, because Charlie was so mad about how they did it... Did they um, go back to take money? It's... I want to wait on some of that stuff for investigation because okay. I've heard things, but I haven't looked enough into right. the investigation yet. I'm still piecing everything together. You got it. Um, he said that the way that they went about business was chaotic, and he was really upset they didn't come back with that much money. So <laughs> seventy bucks. Here you go for murdering like four, five, five and a half, basically six people. Yeah, six people. Just say it's six. Yeah. They killed that baby. Um, so because he was so mad, he decides that on August 10th, when they go out again to find somebody to murder... Two days later? Two days later, he's coming with them. Because he has to make sure it's done right. Make sure it's done right. He said, quote, uh, to show them how to do it. Oh my, that's so dark. Which, I want to know, Charlie, what did you mean by that? Because you didn't do shit. (laughs) Um... 
So, and this time he brings the same people he brought, he sent out for the first murder. Susan, he, Linda, Patricia, and, and Tex. Tex. But he also brings along Les- Leslie Van Houten and Steve Clem Grogan. Okay. Um, he is supposedly supposed to have considered a lot of other options before this house, and it's rumored that he did attempt at another place, but then ended up like abandoning Imagine that. Imagine being at the other place knowing that Charlie Manson was going to break in and kill you. Yeah, that'd be really crazy. Um, but then they end up landing at the LaBianca's home. Um, which For no reason, they just chose that one? That one does seem completely random, because okay. I don't think they knew anybody. But it's also weird. But so, like, this place... Is okay, so you know when you're going to Griffith Park on the mm-hmm. five and you get off and you see the fountain? Yeah. Their house is like behind the fountain. Oh wow. Like it's in Los Feliz. Like it's mm-hmm. there's all of these murders are so spread out from like the spawn ranch. From, yeah. And then like you're in Los like Los Feliz and Beverly Hills are like an hour away also. Yeah. Like it's weird. Beverly Hills is pretty far from everything just because of like yeah. How big and rich it is. Yeah. But I just don't know why they picked some of these places that were, like, yeah. 30, 40 minutes away from their home. Maybe they were trying to, like, cut ties. They're like, oh, we were too far away. Why would we drive this far to... Well, and, like, not everybody in the family participated in stuff either. Yeah. So, they but... They were yeah. guilt by association, I guess. Um... So, the only reason that I could find that they picked this house was that they had been to a party... At the neighbor's house, like, a year ago. What do you mean? Like, they went to a party at the neighbor to the LaBianca's house. Oh. And so they were like, well, I remember this area. That's... Like, but otherwise I can find no connection to why they picked this family. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't um, like any of this. Yeah. And so, like, at the time that they died... They had, like, just come home from, like, a weekend vacation. Oh. Or, like, they had, they were coming home from, like, a daycation. They yeah. went up to Lake Isabella with their, um, one of their daughters, and... Was the daughter there? No, the they dropped leave. off the daughter at her house. Like, she wasn't older. She yeah. was, like, 21, 22. So they dropped her off. They stopped at a newsstand to pick up a newspaper for Leno, and then they went home. And that was it. That's all they did. Right, well... These seem like fairly mundane people. Yeah. They're just a family. Everyone's just people. Right? Um, so then Susan and Linda said that Charlie went up the driveway alone first and then came back saying that he'd tied everybody up. And then that he then sent Tex, Patricia, and Leslie to the house. But then Tex says in his testimony later that, oh, actually in his autobiography, that Charlie went up alone, but then came back for him, and they entered the house together through an unlocked back door. Lock your doors, guys. Yeah, please, lock your doors. We are going to cover the Night Stalker at some point. Close your windows, lock your doors. Careful. I know that times were different back when this was going on, but please lock your doors. evolve as people. Um, I think it's because of this. Like, considering how, like, the 60s and 70s were such like a everyone's a friend mentality and then we started to get serial killers and stuff and now everybody locks all the time so yeah just as a normal thing um 
Tex says that he originally went with what Linda and Susan said because he thought it would make him look less bad. Um, Which I don't think you yeah, get because you murdered pretty much everybody at the Sharon table. Yeah. There's no way you're getting out of this unscathed. So, um... So then apparently Charlie woke up Leno and... and well, as he was he, getting in. Yeah, no, like, like he was in the house already. And so oh. then Leno opens his eyes to see a gun pointed at his face. That's horrifying. Um... Charlie then had Tex tie his hands together with leather thong, which I'm guessing is, like, a rope. Yeah. Um. Okay, so wait, the, um, what's her name? Still asleep. Rosemary. Rosemary's in her room. Oh, they have different rooms? I think that Leno was downstairs. Like, I think what I had read was that he fell asleep reading his newspaper. Okay. So he was in, like, the living room. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then Charlie went to go get Rosemary and brought her into the living room. How did he know that there was someone else in the house? I think he just wanted to go look. Oh, okay. Um, Charlie then tells Tex to cover both of their faces with pillowcases and to secure them with lamp cords. And then Charlie just leaves. What is with him in just dipping? Like, he goes outside and he sent in Leslie and Patricia with instructions to kill them both. Um... At, for some reason that I couldn't find, Rosemary was taken back to her room, maybe to look for money. Probably. Um, and so, uh, text... Yeah, what did he mean? Show how to do it right. All he did was find them, and then he just went outside. Yeah, he was like, well, I tied them up for you, I guess, and you should be good, right? Well, your issue with them last time was you not getting any money. So... Yeah, it's still not, because, like, you're not a murder mastermind. Yeah. You think you are, but you're not... Um, so the then... What it seems like is Tex did most of the work. I kind of think that was, like, planned by Charlie, Charlie. though. So that later he could mm-hmm. say, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Because technically he didn't. He didn't kill mm-hmm. anybody. It was just the mastermind behind everything. So, like, he killed people, but not with his own hands. Yeah. Um... So then, because Rosemary was back in her bedroom, Tex sends the girls in there to deal with her, and then he goes back to the living room um, and starts stabbing Leno with a bayonet that he got somewhere. Why do these people have these ridiculous weapons? I want to know that, too. I'm like, did they get them on the ranch because the ranch was a movie set? Did they find them? Did the Lenos have a bayonet somewhere that he just just... grabbed off the wall? (laughs) (laughs) I I want to know. Um, but anyway, the first stab that Tex does goes straight through Leno's throat. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, Tex then starts to hear struggling going on in the bedroom, and he goes in to see what the hell's going on. So there's no way Leno was making out of it anyways, even if he only got stabbed once. No, he's dead. Yeah. The bayonet is, like, Long. long and thick, so, like, it severed something. Mm-hmm. He was going to bleed out from yeah. his throat anyway. Um, so the scene that he comes upon when he goes into Rosemary's room is Rosemary is swinging the lamp cord that she was tied around her neck with. And she's swinging it like a whip to keep the girls away from her. Fuck yeah, go Fucking Rosemary. love her. <laughs> um, That's how you do it. Yeah, And she was, like, they couldn't get to her. But the problem that happened here... Is Tex has a fucking bayonet. 
Which is longer. Yeah, long enough yeah. to get to her, which is annoying. Um, so, yeah, he, he stabs at her and is uses it enough to subdue her and then tells the girls to deal with it. And then he goes back out what? to Leno in the living room and stabs him 12 times. He's already dead. And then, to make it worse, he carves war into his stomach. Wh- wh- why? What's the point? There's no point in that. That's just... Mm. That's just to be cruel and mean and awful. Yeah. I don't... I don't fucking care for it. Um, I don't like it. I don't. I don't think you're supposed to like it. Yeah, well, not... I have <laughs> empathy. Um, he then goes back to check on the girl, and he finds Patricia stabbing Rosemary repeatedly with a knife from the kitchen that she took... From a, a knife she took from the kitchen. Did these people not go in with weapons? I mean, they came in with some stuff because they did have a gun and... And a bayonet from somehow. somewhere. Um, and then Tex tells her that Charlie wants both of them to do it, so he she needs to give Leslie a chance. So well, then put, Leslie... Take a turn stabbing the nice lady. Well, so then Leslie stabs Rosemary 16 times. It did come out yeah. that when Leslie was stabbing Rosemary, Rosemary was already dead. Okay, good. But, like... Still. Yeah. Um, Again, take turns stabbing the nice lady. Yes. And then as if Tex wasn't enough of a sociopath, an awful person, he cleans the bayonet and took a motherfucking shower in their house. And Charlie's just outside for all this. We'll see. I... What? Okay, so then while Tex is taking a shower... Okay, wait. Okay. Hang on. Question about the chair and take killing. Was Gareth just, like, in the guest house? Yes. He didn't hear anything? Um, I will divulge this. I'm gonna cover more about him in the investigation in part two. But it did... He does say that at one point he saw his, like, doorknob go down as if someone was trying to get in there. But otherwise, like, no, nothing happened to him. I wonder if So it's probably like someone was intending to go in and then got distracted. Or maybe somebody checked something and maybe it was locked and he just, they just didn't go in. I find it hard to believe that he didn't hear anything, but I don't yeah. blame him if he did hear something and, and just he just hid. took shelter. That's what I would have done. Because I, I can't blame him. As much as I would love to say that I would have been a hero... If I hear I so much would. screaming and sh- gunshots, I'm probably going to hide. hide, which is awful, but I understand it. There's nothing he could have done. He would have ended up dead, He would have ended up dead, yeah. I also think that maybe the guest house was a little bit off Further the away. property, yeah. or like off, off the main house, mm-hmm. so it could have just been they never checked around to see if there was another house. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, All right, back to Tex in the shower. So like Tex is in the shower. Maniac. And while he's in the shower, Patricia writes, um, rise and death to pigs on the wall. And then she meant to write Helter Skelter, which is a Beatles song, but she makes a fucking typo and writes Helter Skelter. I can't. On the fridge. And it's all in Leno's blood. What is wrong with these people? Um, Yeah. And, like, how did she... Like, it'll come up later, but they were obsessed with that song 
And I don't know how, like, she could have seen that song and talked about that song and still done a typo when it most mattered. (laughs) Um, Is that what the book's called, Helter Skelter? Yes. Because it's all based on that belief, which we'll get into. Okay. Um, Then Patricia, because she fucking sucks, stabbed Leno 14 more times with an ivory-handled carving fork. Probably well, also from the kitchen. dead and stabbed. Yeah, and then she just leaves it in his stomach. Which so is fucking the war stupid. Carving. Yeah. Well, also, like, she just left, she probably didn't wipe any fingerprints down. Yeah. Because she's a fucking idiot. Is this um, how they found them for fingerprints and shit? No. Okay. And then she also plants a steak knife in his throat. Why? Which I don't think means, like, it was jabbed into his throat. I think she, like, jammed it down his throat. Ugh. Like, I think they found it in autopsy, but I will check. What? What? Why? Why? So then, to wrap all of this up, the the murder group, mm-hmm. after Tex is done showering and okay. they're done writing all their typos, they walk out to find that Charlie fucking left. You have to be kidding me. I'm the mastermind. I'm the one who did all the shit. I know what I'm doing. I have to show them how to do it right. I'm just gonna leave while they're murdering these people. Yeah. He had driven, um, with Linda, Clem, and Susan to a different place of an actor he knew. Dropped them off in Venice, where it was, told them to kill him, and then drove back to the ranch by himself. Was his plan to get them caught? Because now they have no way to get back. Um, well, anyway, he tells them to kill them, but then Linda says that she purposely knocked on the wrong door, which woke up the stranger, and they abandoned the plan. They just said, oh, I'm sorry, and they left. But yeah. yeah, both groups. Oh, and went before they left. Susan decided she needed to take a dump in the stairwell because they're fucking classy hippies. What is? Okay, just, if you're already gonna take a dump, just use the toilet. Well, I don't think they had one. But like, why would you have to do it in the stairwell? Like, you couldn't just like I go don't... out to the bushes nearby and squat down. Right. I can't believe we took a fucking shower. So then, so then, yeah, both groups now that went to the thing are, are in different places, and they all have to figure out how to hitchhike back home. Okay. So that's where we end the murders, because okay. all the murders are done now. It seems like Linda probably has the most sense about her, but still, like, I just she did it. I just don't know how much of a break to give her. She well, she gets let off, basically, which no. we'll talk about later. Okay, sure she feels bad, but she shouldn't get let off because she still fucking stabbed people. Linda didn't stab anybody. Didn't she? Linda was the one that was outside with Steven. So she saw Steven get killed and she, she like, didn't do anything. was, like, the lookout while Sharon and everybody there were getting murdered. But mm-hmm. she wasn't a part of... The LaBianca murders, but, like, she didn't actually do anything, but, like, I just don't know. If she didn't agree, I don't know why when, like, Tex killed Steven, she just didn't bail. 
Yeah. Like, I could see that maybe she had no idea that that was what was going to go on, and she was just she there. She was probably worried for her own life. If she I, bailed, she could have bailed while they were in the house, though. I just think, especially in, like, the 60s, you definitely could have bailed and just disappeared. There yeah. wasn't internet, there wasn't phones. You mm-hmm. know, had she just, like, hitchhiked across the country again, she could have ended up in a completely different yeah. place with nothing going I on. I mean, she could have even told, like, authorities and then left. Yeah, she could have done, she could have done a lot worse, but she could have helped a lot more yeah. than she did. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, that's all the murders. Where are your thoughts right now? Um, this is so much to process. Okay, so we have Charlie Manson, who seems like a real asshole to me. Yeah. Because he's taking credit for everything, but didn't actually do anything and just fucking left. Well, no, like, when he get, when they eventually get caught, he says he didn't do shit. Yeah. He's like, I didn't kill anybody. Which is fair. He didn't. He had Tex do it for him, who... Like, I that's don't even thing. know where to start on him. Like, you can't call him a serial killer because, like... Like, maybe he killed people before he got there. I don't particularly think he did. But even still, you have to kill three people to be considered a serial killer. Yeah, Charlie Manson didn't do anything. He's a cult leader. He's a fucking yeah. cult leader. That's what he is. Charles... Manson is not a serial killer. He's a cult leader. That's the and end of the still, discussion. still, like, follow him, too, which is the weirdest thing. Because, like, remember we were watching, like, um... I remember we Dark Tourism? Some... Yeah. And he goes... And there's, like, people who are like, We love Charlie Manson. He's a saint. Or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's because it's fun cult. I, okay. There's nothing wrong with, like, starting your own religion or whatever, but it's the moment you start following a person instead of an idea that it becomes a cult. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that Scientology is a cult. Oh, yeah. 100%. Even though it's not, you know, a person that's leading it. Okay, but they're insane. It's a cult. I yeah. just think it's a cult. Um, and then, like, I'll get into it, but, like, he did study Scientology while he was in jail at one point. Of course he did. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't rem- I didn't know anything about him. I just remember seeing his death on the news a lot right after he died, and I was like, I have no idea who this fucking person is. I don't care. Yeah. And here Uh, we are now, I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, we'll definitely get into, like, Charlie's upbringing next next time, and the formation of the family. Um, We'll get into the plan they had, and the investigation into what the fuck happened. I know, I just, I don't think when these people are, you know, murdering other people, they don't consider that they're actual people. Like, they have lives. They, you know, do normal things. They're humans. I mean, just wait until I tell you why they were doing all this stuff. I thought they were doing it because they wanted to change the murder off of Bobby or whoever. Yes, but, like, that wasn't quite a random plan either. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, well, like, that'll be next episode. <laughs> yeah, I just want to know what you think about all the murders. I sh- I feel so bad for Sharon and, like, that whole group and Leno and Rosemary. None of these people- no one deserves it. But, no, like- they, No, like, I don't want to sit here and be like, no one deserves to die, because I'm sure there's some really shitty people that- 
you not that they deserve to die, but like when they die, you're like, good. <laughs> oh, goodbye. <laughs> but no one especially des- this violently. No one deserves to die like this. This is like this awful. is not even something I would wish on someone I dislike. Yeah. Like I don't really think I hate anybody. I say I like. I wouldn't wish this on Mitch McConnell. That's like what I'm saying. Here. <laughs> and I really don't like Mitch yeah. McConnell. Like no one should have to feel this amount of hopelessness and terror yeah. before they die. It's just is it's over the top. It's I'm, senseless. Yeah. There was no reason for these people to be murdered like yeah. this. I'm just so, the weapons keep coming back in my head. I'm like, where did they get a bayonet from? <laughs> I want to know where they got the Confederate sword. Exactly. <laughs> People don't just have these weapons lying around. Like, part of me probably thinks that it did come from the ranch, ranch? because it was a movie set for Westerns, yeah. so it's not, you know, Maybe? too out there. But, yeah, I don't know why they decided to pick these weapons to go yeah. with. Because if you were an investigator and you saw, they used a bayonet? That's a, that's like not like a... General um, exactly. weapon. That's something they could easily find. Right, you shoot someone that could be like, oh, this could be anyone. Use a bayonet. Well, who has a bayonet? Yeah. All of it's, all of it's weird. I, Steven. He I know. He just had such a future ahead of him. Yeah. He hurts, like, me the most because, like, he, if he had just gone for, like, a drive with his friend. Exactly. All of this is fine. just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, had Jay not come over that night, he would have lived, but he probably... Had his sister come over. She would have died. But if Jay had lived and Sharon had died, he would have probably never forgiven himself. Yeah. That's true. Like, you know, but had had Abigail gone home, like, a day earlier, she would have lived. Mm-hmm. Had, um... Or if Jay's flight had been that day. He would have lived. Had the La Biancas decided to stay... At the lake another day, mm-hmm. they would have lived. It's just, it's all very, like, Final Destination-y. I don't like Final Destination. It scares me a lot. Especially the roller coaster and plane crash and just all of it. I don't like it. Um, yeah, just nobody deserves this. They're just people. Like... Yeah. Well, I'm like, this set L.A. in a frenzy. Everyone was scared out of their minds. Yeah. They well, all... it's like if people are breaking into place, because, like, you had the famous people, so now everyone who's big is scared, and then you have just normal people, so everyone's like, shit, it could be me next. Well, Jay was a bit uh, famous, because he owned, like, a string of, jer- like, grocery mm-hmm. stuff, so, like, he still was a bit of a name, but not the same way, but it is a bit startling that, like, you know, five people... Yeah were killed in Beverly Hills, and then, like, the next day, basically... Yeah. Two more were killed in Los Feliz, Mm -hmm. and it looked the same. Like, that's very widespread. It could happen anywhere else after that. Yeah, anywhere to anyone. Yeah. And at this point, they didn't know who was doing it, right? No. And just, just how violent they were, like... It's awful. Yeah. It's really, really awful. I mean, if that happened now, I'd be scared shitless. Yeah, like, I think I'm plenty scared of, like, creepy monsters that could be outside, but People I think it's worse. so much more frightening to learn just 
what humans are capable yeah. of. And just how evil we can be. Yeah. Because at least, like, if it is some sort of creature, it's kind of an animal. Yeah. Like, it's... They have they no don't reasoning. They know better. But, yeah, no, humans have the conscious choice to be evil. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a joke? We should probably do, like, joke of the days after the hard ones. I know. I mean, I could... I don't want to invite Josh and he's just going to ruin a song for me. (laughs) (laughs) Let me find a fun joke that I heard today. That you heard today? (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I've got... They're like dad jokes. All the ones I've heard are like dad jokes. It's like... If the butcher asked if I wanted, oh no, the butcher asked if I wanted my meat measured in pounds or kilograms, I said, either way will do. Stupid. <laughs> like, that's the problem. These ones aren't funny. <laughs> okay, let let's, me, let's wait, find let me joke. find something else. Let me see if I can find, like, ridiculous things he said. 30s. What does he say? People look at you today, 20 years later, and they still have no idea what you're about. Tell me in a sentence who you are. What is his face? What is going on here? Nobody. I'm nobody. Epic That's answer. terrifying. I'm a bum, a hobo. I'm a boxcar and a jug of wine. Oh, a jug of wine. If you get too close to me. Oh my god! What? I'm a box kind of jug away. <laughs> I think that's good. I will let Charlie in the episode. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Well, we'll end it now. Yeah. Um, if you like us and you've stuck it out this long, go yeah. ahead and pop over to our Instagram. Instagram. It's uh. Nope, nope underscore I'm underscore scared. Um, and you can uh, chat with us like Emma did. Yeah. Um, or you can email us at nope I'm scared podcast at gmail.com with listener, anything. Yeah, listener stories, fun tidbits you want to share, things you want us to know. Chat with us there. Yeah, if that's what you whatever like to do you want to do. We'll write old fashioned letters to each other. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Um, so yeah. That's about yeah. it, I guess. Charlie said it all. I'm a boxcar and a jiggling. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. His <laughs> face. I just can't. Okay. Well. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>